Merry Christmas, everybody. If you are new with us or a regular attender, either on campus or online, thank you so much for joining us to celebrate Christmas 2023. Uh, I can't believe it's Christmas time, but it is that time of year, and I know most of us are super excited about this season. Now, uh, I'm sure you're wondering, like, hey, what was Linus all about? Um, I'll explain that in just a minute, but will you help me thank Linus and our worship team? for getting us prepared this morning. So you may not have recognized that last song that was played, but that was a song written by Matt, our worship leader. And uh, an amazing song that one day, you know, it'd be great to hear that on the radio. So if you have any influence in radio world, you know, have a conversation with somebody about that. Now, as we begin, I would love to hear what some of your traditions are. What are some of your Christmas traditions that you enjoy so much? What are some of those things? Making gingerbread cookies. I enjoy eating gingerbread cookies. Making crafts, watching movies. watching movies, and your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas, Christmas Story. Good movie. Anybody else? Granddaughter sleepovers. Granddaughter sleepovers. I don't know what that's like. I don't have any granddaughters, but I have a, grand, a couple of grandsons, so that, that part's fun. Okay, great, thank you, Donald. Anybody else, what are some things that you do, maybe something that just your family does or something that a lot of families do that you love? Go to church. Going to church, yes. Should I pay you now for that one or, or later, Josh? Yeah, yeah, brown noser. He's actually a teacher, if you didn't know that. So my family has some traditions that we have created or that we have learned from other people. Here's one, one tradition that we have. We make homemade Christmas gifts for each other. And you're probably thinking, well, that sounds like a Hallmark movie. Uh, it, it's not uh, that complicated. So what we do is we draw names and then we make that person a homemade Christmas gift. And I am amazed at the, some of the things that my family comes up with. Uh, my wife, my kids, they come up with some amazing things that have been some of my favorite Christmas gifts. And so here's kind of the funny part of that. We look forward to it. It's a font, you know, memory that we have. And so we pick names and we're so excited about that coming up. And then the last few days, like we're in right now, everybody's a little stressed out because our homemade gifts are not done yet. And so if you talk with any of my family members this morning and mention a homemade gift, they'll probably stress out just a little bit because we've got some more work to do. Another Christmas tradition that we have, and I see uh, three of my family members over here, so they can attest to this as well, is that we love to go together to buy the perfect Christmas tree. So we still buy a tree. We, we, we don't have a fake tree. So we go out and we buy a Christmas tree, and it is an event for our family. Okay, so I usually show up, I've got gloves on, I bring a utility knife, and when we walk into either Home Depot and their tent that they have, or Lowe's, their tent that they have, we walk in and I let the, the, the person who works there know right away when they come up and say, hey, can I help you with a tree? I say, no, no, you can't. We're gonna be here for quite a while because we're gonna find the holy grail of Christmas trees. And so we begin the journey of opening Christmas trees and bringing leaves down and shaking them and, and banging them around. And we look from tree to tree to tree. We look so long 
that other people that are shopping come in and ask me if I will help them with their tree because they think I work there. And at the end of our journey, after spending what feels like hours looking at almost every tree in the tent, we're a little irritated and we're ready to just pick any tree and go home. So anybody else have that fun family tradition? Anybody? Okay. So again, something that, that we look to with fondness. Now, traditions are meant to remind us of the thing that that tradition is for. And Christmas has all kinds of traditions to it. The traditions that we love, traditions that, that kind of drive us crazy at times. But there are times, even with those traditions, that we forget the real meaning of Christmas. So that's why we chose our Charlie Brown Christmas theme this year. It was because 58 years ago, when that Charlie Brown Christmas movie came out, Charlie Brown was wrestling with something that we wrestle with today. He felt like the commercialism of Christmas, the stress of Christmas, had made people forget what Christmas was really about. And so he asked this very profound question in that movie. And he asked, does anyone really know what Christmas is about? And then his friend Linus gave the answer that we heard today, a very clear, a very simple answer of the real meaning of Christmas. But that's a question that we still need to answer today. Does anyone really know what Christmas is about? You would think that, that we would be better at answering that question now than 58 years ago, but we aren't. We actually have gotten worse. And if we feel like we do know the real meaning of Christmas, does our calendar prove that? And do our lives prove that? Are we slowing down enough to enjoy the Christmas season because of its meaning? Or are we too busy? And do we just kind of push the real meaning of Christmas aside? So I don't know what happens in your Christmas planning and your Christmas season, but here's kind of what happens in my world. After a lot of Christmas service planning, after Christmas services, after shopping and parties and decorating and uh, gatherings, I feel like this tree looks. I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, I'm a little irritated, I'm thin on top, I'm ready to put baby Jesus away and move on with the new year. Anybody else feel like that after Christmas sometimes? Thanks for the honesty of one person in the back. Thank you, Billy. So sometimes like, I'm just exhausted at the end of Christmas. And I think in part it's because I and some others of us have forgotten what the real meaning of the Christmas season is. And again, I don't think that's what God had in mind when he planned the first Christmas, that we would be so stressed out and overwhelmed, we just can't wait for Christmas to be over. So when we think about the real meaning of Christmas, Linus summarized that for us. And he summarized that in three very simple things. He said, basically, Christmas is about giving, it's about receiving, and it's about Christ. So two weeks ago, we explored giving. Last week, we explored receiving. Today, we're gonna explore Christ. Listen to what Luke chapter two says about Christ's birth. Luke 2 verse 1 says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. So verse 3 says, All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. 
He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was now expecting a child. And when that verse says expecting a child, it means she was ready at any moment. And that journey was a 90-mile journey. So uh, they weren't driving 90 miles an hour down an interstate. They were walking, possibly riding a donkey. And I'm curious, uh, any ladies who've been pregnant or whoever expect to be pregnant, would you want to take a 90-mile journey like that when you're about to give birth? Anybody? Uh, Any guys whose wives uh, uh, have been pregnant? Any guy want to be with your wife on that journey as you're going 90 miles? No, no, no thanks. An incredible journey that Joseph and Mary went on. Verse six says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Now, we kind of make Hallmark movies out of that moment and think that's, that's such a, a special moment, and it was an incredibly special moment. But Jesus, the creator of the world, was placed in a feeding trough for animals. That's the humble beginnings of our Savior and the creator of the world. Now, many people think that's the moment that Jesus' life began at that first Christmas. And that's a logical thought, but it's not a correct thought. Listen to what the Apostle John says in John 1, in verse 1. He says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 14 tells us who the word is. It says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So contrary to what some people believe and contrary to what some religions teach, teach, Jesus did not begin his existence on that first Christmas several thousand years ago. Jesus, as God the Son, has always existed. And, And here's an amazing thing about that reality. Being a divine being, Jesus volunteered to leave the splendor of heaven and to come to earth to be born as a human being for you and for me. Like, that's mind-boggling, that the creator of the universe would become one of his creations. And why would he do that? Philippians chapter two tells us why. Verse six says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God the Father and he died a criminal's death on a cross. So why did Jesus volunteer to step out of heaven, to come to earth, to become one of his creations? 
to live a perfect life and then to die on a cross, it was for you and for me. It was so that we could have a relationship with God that would last forever. It's so that he could fix what we had damaged in the world and we had damaged in our relationship with God. You see, when Adam and Eve first sinned, we all followed them up and we all have sinned. We all have broken our relationship with God. And whether we break our relationship with God with little things or big things, any sin separates us from the God who loves us. And God could not stand the thought of not spending eternity with us. And so he sent Jesus. And Jesus said, I will, I will go so that they can live forever. So get this, Jesus was born to die so that you and I could live, so that it would be possible for us to have eternal life. That's what Christmas is about. It's about God loving us enough to give us Christ so that we can be a part of God's family. But we don't all just automatically get to be a part of God's family. We have to choose to be a part of his family. So Christmas is about us receiving Christ and it's about us giving Christ to others as well. Luke chapter two, verse eight says this, and this is what Linus quoted. This is coming from the New Living Translation, not the King James Version that Linus quoted this morning. Verse eight says, the night Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Verse 13 says, suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, which could have been millions of angels, praising God and, and singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now imagine if you were one of those shepherds. Like what would you think in that moment? What would you do in that moment? Okay, so, so you're out with, with your shepherd friends, you're watching sh your sheep that night, and then an angel appears and tells you about the savior of the world. And then potentially millions of angels, the armies of heaven appear to sing glory and praise to that savior. What would you do in response? Like, would you be in, in so much shock that you wouldn't know what to do? Would you say to your, your fellow shepherds, like, did you see that? Like, was that a real event that happened? Or did we stay out way too late last night, partying way too hard? Like, what would you say? What would you do? They could have easily blown that off as a, an experience that no one would ever believe. But those shepherds didn't do that. Verse 15 tells us, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Verse 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. 
All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. So after hearing about the birth of the savior of the world, these shepherds rushed to see Jesus with their own eyes. They recognized him or received him as the savior of the world. And then they told everyone about him. I think that's the spot that we are all in this Christmas. We are just like those shepherds and we have to decide what we're gonna do with the real meaning of Christmas. We have to decide what we're gonna do with Jesus. We've heard about Jesus, God the Son, who was born and lived a perfect life. He took your sin on his shoulders, my sin on his shoulders, died like a criminal so that we could have eternal life. We've heard about that savior. And we can say, you know what? I don't believe that. I don't think that's the real meaning of Christmas. I think it's about something else. We can say, you know what? I'm curious. I'd like to know more about that. Or we can say, you know what? I believe that and I'm ready to receive Jesus as my savior. Here's what it looks like to receive Jesus. John chapter one, verse 10 says, he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me pause there for just a second. Sometimes I hear the statement, we are all God's children. That is not accurate. We are not all God's children. Only those who put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior are God's children or can become God's children. We are all God's creations, but we are not all God's children until we choose to become one of God's children. Verse 13 says, they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So to receive Jesus as our savior or to join God's eternal family, we need a spiritual birth. And we actually experience that spiritual birth by believing and accepting who Jesus is as God the son and what he has done on the cross for us. And we can't just know about that information. We have to actually believe that information about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. We have to receive him as our Lord and our Savior. Now today just might be the day that some of you are ready to make that decision. You've heard about Jesus, what he's done, and you're ready to receive him as your Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, today is the day of salvation. So today just might be your day of salvation, your day that you choose to be adopted into God's family. And if you're ready to make that decision, to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, here's how you can do that. John 3.16, the most famous Bible verse of all time, records Jesus saying this. He said, for this is how God loved the world. He gave. Again, Christmas is about giving. So he gave 
his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And the the thing that I love about that verse is it says everyone who believes. Everyone, that means anyone and everyone. It's not just for certain people. It's just not for religious people. It's not just for people who go to church all the time. It's just not for people who know a whole lot about the Bible. It's for anyone, anyone worldwide who wants to be a part of God's family can become a part of God's family. And how does that happen? You see that word, can we go back to John 3, 16 real quick? You see that word, believes? I'm so glad it says anyone who believes in him, not anyone who behaves like him. Because if it was based on our behavior, none of us could cut it. None of us could get there. It's not based upon our behavior. It's based upon our belief in Jesus and what he's done for us. Then Romans 10 Nine says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So here is a very simple way to openly declare your faith in Jesus. This is what I call the ABC prayer of salvation. Just a simple prayer that helps us have a spiritual birth and be adopted into God's family. It goes like this. God, I admit I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe Jesus is that savior and he died so that I can live forever. And I confess my sin to him and I ask him to be my savior and my Lord. It is that simple to have a spiritual rebirth. It is that simple to join God's eternal family and be adopted by him. But let me be very clear about something. You could pray this prayer every day for the rest of your life and it mean nothing for you for all of eternity. Because when you pass from this life into the next and you stand before a holy God and he asks you, why should I let you into my heaven? You can't say, because I prayed a prayer in a middle school cafeteria on Christmas 2023. That's not what it's about. Again, you can recite that prayer all you want and it may mean nothing for you. But if you believe a prayer like this, if this is what your heart truly believes and what Jesus has done for you and you're inviting Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, a prayer like this can mean everything for you for all of eternity. Again, it's about our belief, not about our behavior. But should our behavior change after we truly believe who Jesus is? Yes. If our behavior doesn't start changing, we should ask, do I really believe what I say I believe? Does that mean we'll be perfect? No, it doesn't mean that. But it means there should be a change that starts happening inside of us. 2 Corinthians chapter five talks about us becoming new people and living new lives. And when we truly put our faith and trust in Jesus, that becomes evident to us and other people because Our lives start to change. Now on your seat is a card that looks like this. I encourage you to grab for a minute. There's some pins with it. And for those watching online, there's a link in the comment section that'll take you to this information on this card as well. So on the backside, there are three boxes that I'm gonna walk through real quick. And I encourage you, if any of these boxes apply to you, 
I encourage you to check that box. So the first box says this. Today I receive Jesus as my savior. I believe he died to pay for my sins and I declare him to be the Lord of my life. So again, some of you may be at that spot. You're ready for that. And if you're ready to make that decision, I encourage you to make that right now. Just right now in the the, the quietness of your heart, have a conversation with God. Just tell him you admit that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You believe Jesus is that savior and he died so you can live. Confess your sin to him. Invite him to come into your life as your savior and Lord. You can do that right now. You can do that communion in communion that will take in just a few minutes. But if that box represents the desire of your heart, I encourage you to check that box. Second box says this, I'd like more information about Jesus so I can decide what I believe about him. So maybe you're in that spot. Maybe you've heard about Jesus and you're curious about him, but you're just not yet convinced. And so if you're in that spot, I encourage you to pick up our spiritual growth challenge before you leave today. There's a copy in our lobby. And for those watching online, there's a link in the comment section. And our spiritual growth challenge is just a one-page document that we make available each week that goes deeper in what we're talking about on Sundays. And so what I've put on there is a great resource that can help you learn more about Jesus. And like we've said throughout this series, the decision that you make about Jesus is the most important decision you'll make in your entire life. So you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your eternity to explore who Jesus really is and what Jesus has really done. So if that box represents you, check that box and pick up our spiritual growth challenge before you leave. The last box says this, I commit to share my faith with others and learn how to do that more confidently this next year. So maybe you are a Christ follower and, and maybe you've been a little bit shy about sharing your faith and you just kind of hope that, that uh, people around you will kind of pick up that you're a Christ follower and they'll understand how to put their faith in Jesus but just by watching your life. And that's a piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle is opening our mouths and sharing Christ with others. And that can feel like an intimidating thing. So if that's an intimidating thing for you, you can actually learn how to do that. And I've put some resources on our spiritual growth challenge that can help you learn how to do that this next year. And this season right now at Christmas time is a wonderful time to learn how to do that because people right now are more open to conversations about God and about faith than probably any other time of year except maybe around Easter time. So now would be an amazing time to learn how to share your faith with other people. Again, Christmas is about giving, it's about receiving, and it's about Christ. And another way to say that is Christmas is about giving and receiving Christ. It's about what Christ has done for us, and it's about us sharing Christ with others. So if that box represents you, I encourage you to check that box. Let me tell you what you can do with these cards. In just a minute, we're gonna celebrate communion. And as we celebrate communion, I'm gonna invite you to to move to one of our communion tables and you can bring your card up and you can just put that in one of the baskets on the table. There's some black baskets on the table. You can just drop that in. You don't have to put your name on it. Um, But our elders and our prayer team are gonna get these cards and we're gonna be praying for you and the decision that you are making today in this Christmas season. So if any of these boxes represents you, just check those boxes and then turn that card in. Now, as we transition to communion, 
I just want to let those who are watching either online or at, um, on home, at home uh, to go ahead and get your communion elements ready if you would like to take communion with us as we celebrate communion here. For those on campus, we believe here at Epic that communion should be open to anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So if you have made that decision before, if you make that decision today, we invite you to celebrate communion with us. We have seven communion stations set up. We have two up front, we have four in the back, and we have one in our family zone in the lobby. And after I pray, I'm gonna invite you to come up to one of these tables. So you'll move up to one of our communion tables to pick up communion. And as you come up, you'll bring up your card, and then you can turn your card in, and then you'll pick up your communion elements found in these nice little communion cups. And I have to tell you, if you're new, these cups have two sides. They have two lids to them. I encourage you to start with the smaller lid first because that'll lead you to the wafer. And then go to the larger lid that will lead you to the juice. So as you come up, you're gonna drop your card off. You're gonna pick up your communion elements and then you're gonna pick up one of these candles on the table as well. You can celebrate communion on your own standing to one of the sides of the table. You can go and sit back down while this next song is being played. But while this next song is being played, take communion on your own and then turn your candle on. Your candle being turned on will let us know you're ready. You finished taking communion and you're ready for the next element. So hopefully all that makes sense. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas is about giving and receiving Christ. If you haven't received Christ yet, my hope and prayer is that you will today. If you've received Christ, my hope and prayer is that you will share Christ with someone else this Christmas season. Then another thing I encourage you to do as you celebrate uh, Christmas, I know you, some people unwrap gifts on Christmas Eve, some people unwrap gifts on Christmas Day, but whenever you unwrap gifts, I encourage you to spend a little time reading Luke chapter 2. Just read Luke chapter two uh, by yourself or, or with family and friends, whoever's gathered around you. Have a conversation about what you're reading and remind yourself of the real meaning of Christmas, of what it really means for us to be able to give and receive Christ because of what Christ has done for us. As a reminder, we take the last Sunday off of every year, next Sunday, December 31st is the last Sunday of 2023. So we will not be having our typical services here. So if you show up, you might be by yourself, having church by yourself. Um, you can watch us online because we will be rebroadcasting a service we did last year that I think will be of great encouragement to all of us, especially in preparation for the new year. But we will see you again on January the 7th as we kick off a new series called Wake Up. And we're going to talk about what it means for us to wake up spiritually in the new year. So as we celebrate communion, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed 
with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the simplicity of Christmas. Lord, for so long, we've made Christmas so complicated. We've made it about shopping and cleaning and buying the right gifts and parties. And Lord, we, we keep pushing the real meaning of Christmas aside. And so often we just forget what Christmas really means. Lord, and, and when we boil down Christmas to its most basic elements, it seems to be about giving, receiving, and about Christ. And when we get more clarity on that, it's about giving and receiving Christ. So Lord, today, again, there may be someone here who needs to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that they would have that conversation with you now here on campus or online. Lord, it's about giving Christ as well. So Lord, I pray that we would leave today with a new confidence of sharing Christ with other people around us because that's the greatest decision any of us could ever make. And the greatest gift that we could ever give anybody is an introduction to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So Lord, give us confidence as we share our faith this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we pray this, amen. You are now free to move from your seats and take communion.